electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. The Just 100, ranking America's largest companies according to their behaviors. How worker wellness and governance translate to financial returns. With one company on this year's list, T-Mobile CEO Mike Sievert. A company like T-Mobile, we have 110 million customers from every state in the country just about and from every walk of life. So we can't afford to take sides on political issues. What we can do is execute against our core values. And Just Capital founder and well-known investor Paul Tudor Jones weighs in on corporate responsibility and on Fed Chair Jay Powell's tricky road ahead. He's obviously trying to land a capsule on the moon as, as perfectly as he can in what is obviously the most challenging economic environment we've had in 40 years. Plus, the GOP gets started in the House. A scrapped rocket launch at Virgin Orbital, and Bob Iger says to Disney employees, get back in the office. You know, like Mickey and Minnie got a show. Hopefully the guys running the rides have to be there. It's Tuesday, January 10th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back by in three, two, one, cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. The A's are 220, the nays are 213. The resolution is agreed to. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. And the House uh, adopted that set of rules that are going to govern the chamber, govern the chamber in the new legislative session. One Republican voted against it. Most of the time, the opposing party votes against all the sort of uh, rules that are just on decorum, but this one's interesting because it's got the one uh, vote or w- one member can bring up a, uh, a a challenge to the sitting speaker to be voted on. That's a little different. It passed 220 to 213. Tony Gonzalez was a Republican that didn't vote for it. All 212 Democrats did vote no. And as I said, uh, the rule includes some key concessions that GOP hardliners ha- had fought for, fought for uh, from Kevin McCarthy. Uh, in exchange for McCarthy becoming speaker, including a required 72-hour window from the release of a bill before it can face a vote, and what I was alluding to, allowing a single member to bring up a motion to vacate the speakership. You know what, they're going to have to get their act together a little bit and make sure they move up their deadlines, because half the time they're dropping these things right before there's a government shutdown or something else that comes. You need 72 hours, that means you better move up all of your internal deadlines, too. In corporate news this morning, Disney CEO Bob Iger told hybrid employees yesterday that they have to return to corporate offices four days a week starting on March 1st. That's according to an email that was obtained by CNBC that stressed the value of what he called being together with the people you work with. Now, that four-day-a-week stipulant 
is uh, relatively strict. I read this in the story yesterday and I kind of laughed. Uh, relatively strict, maybe. There are some companies that are still saying two or three days that are mandated for in the office for hybrid employees, but I do think you'll start to see more of this and this is the moment for Iger to do it as he comes back in. Does this mean though eventually we're all just moving to a, I mean, we may not be, but the rest of the world moving to a four-day work week? Yeah, is that I mean, where that, this is all when I, when headed? I saw that it, this was like a strict interpretation, you're still working four days a week. Is that what, was that where this is all headed? No. No? You remember Tim Ferriss, four hour, the four-hour work, work week? Are we going, moving to the four? <laughs> this means in the well, office. Are we moving to the four-day work week? You're is still, that what this still really supposed to, maybe, going uh, to, maybe a Friday work at home thing, but Have I you think you tried finding people think, on Fridays or yeah. getting a hold of things? I guess Disney has a wide range. Of, I mean, you know, like Mickey and Minnie got a show. Right. They have the park employees who have the been there The park employees got to be there. Right. right. Hopefully the guys running the rides have to be there. Um, you, you, I'm saying, do you think that white collar no. work in America is you, Maybe is you stay home on Friday, but you work. We're not right. going to go to a four-day... And I can tell you one thing. These greedy people on Wall Street, like at the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ, there's no way they're going to... You can't do... You can't get the work done in four days, Andrew. There are these you need trading on Friday. They, they even trade on days when the bond market's closed. There are they these still studies trade. studies being done all over, I think in parts of the U.S., definitely in parts of Europe, where people are working <laughs> yeah, like 10 definitely, and 12. Definitely in parts of Europe. <laughs> 10 and 12 <laughs> right. hours. No, and trying to figure out whether the people well, in four I mean, days are more efficient no. than they are over five days. That, that has been the case for a while. If you're the a hospital worker, or you do some of those things, you take a longer shift so that you can do it in shorter right. time. I just don't think it's necessarily white-collar workers. And maybe right. if you've got a good deal with your boss, that's great. If you can negotiate that, that's great. I don't know that it's going to be the norm. I don't know. And I mean, then, by the way, a lot of people are on the road all the time. Yeah, that's, that's the other a different piece story, though. That's a, it's, that, that no, but what's so interesting to me about that is there's, there's a lot of people that I talked to that, are, that said, you know, if I actually go back and look at the calendar, I was probably only in the office three days a week anyway. Yeah, I, I don't think it, COVID changed it, I guess is my point. I think there are going to be jobs that do that. There are going to be jobs right. where you have to do that, especially if you're in sales or some right. of those things. But I... But then the conundrum is, is if there's not enough of a density of people in the office, then it becomes almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that does. people don't come to the office right. because it does, it, it's almost it's useless. useless to right. be there when nobody else is there. Shares of Virgin Orbit because they are plunging. This after the comp company confirming that its first launch out of the United Kingdom failed to reach orbit. The company uses a modified 747 jet to send satellites into space by dropping a rocket from under the aircraft's wing mid-flight company's webcast showed that its rocket released and fired its engine, but about half an hour later, the company announced that the launch had, quote, an anomaly and that the nine satellites on board would not reach orbit. The company deleted a tweet that mistakenly claimed that the rocket reached orbit, and that stock off this morning about 23%. kind of seen something similar, I think, when um, the first attempt to, to commercially get in get into orbit where you go up on and then you get the booster fire after it fires after right. you've been taken up by the big Boeing jet and then it fires and in this case I don't know it sounds like I mean you need a lot more thrust to keep going obviously to escape the gravity yeah and then to get up to, to orbit but yeah, if you call virgin right. orbit you, you can I just you say, I get think into I told orbit. you this yesterday, maybe I forgot, but you guys are always looking for movies and things to watch. Yeah. This documentary about Richard Branson on HBO oh, is spectacular. Who did it? I don't know. 
It, it's on HBO. I think it's a three or four part series. It was t at least the the first episode was taped before he was going up on uh, was going to space. And part of well, the rationale it, for it was that they wanted to, to is get it it like on a tape. fanboy movie. I mean, why, why would I want to watch that? I He's a fascinating entrepreneur. I mean, he's touched. Think about everything that he he did, whether it was the record company originally. He started with a student magazine, turned that into, into uh, obviously Virgin Records. Then the mega stores all over. Then he did Virgin. Mo his, then he did Virgin Mobile. Right, I've read one of his books uh, called F Business as Usual. Then he did Virgin. No way I'd read Cola. I did a soda, a, a cola for a long time. Virgin Trains. Phones, yeah. Obviously the airplanes. Virgin Air. Okay. And then go to space. I mean, come on. If you think about the great entrepreneurs of the last 50, 60, 70 years, you got to put them on. He's, he's high a great on the list. marketer, too. And a great a marketer. Lot, a lot of that is the virgin. Now, day like Elon, like Elon, if he were to say something slightly right of center, would you, would you just cast him aside like, like you did with Elon, or, or you'd still like him? Because he's definitely way out here on the I left. I haven't cast on, on Elon a, aside. What are you talking about? You haven't cast Elon. I have not. Okay. But I like him a lot more than you like him at this point. I don't know. I, I, you I, can't look inside yourself and give me an honest answer I on that. I can give you an honest answer. You don't I think read the guy's you? a genius. Okay. I think the guy's done, a, done an amaz does okay. 10 amazing things. I don't know why I have to be told that I'm... Uh, All right, you don't have to. Never mind. I just was sort of thought that we could talk about you know, actual reality of the situation. If you don't want to, that's okay. We can, we can do the objective you know, pretense. I just disagree. Uh, you like Elon as much. It started with the flamethrower. That's when you really, it started with the flamethrower. Hold on. Let's just go, go backwards. You've hated, you for years. No, I don't. Hated Elon Musk. I, I hated I, you everything know, even, about Elon Musk. You not thought everything. that he was a pretender and a poser. I think that, I, and you no. thought that he, that I think he used government real. subsidies and the climate change sort of religion to boost his own prospect. Lately, he has even stated that this whole movement has gone way too far off yes, the deep end. because he can't get the deep money end. out of the government on That's it. Not, and he his still competitors gets money. are getting the money. It's not because, I like him because of the flamethrower. Did you see will, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? See, I like him yeah. because of that. You, you don't like him because of that. So we have to, it's just, I think it's he's- not, I, don't, I actually like him. And actually being smart enough But I don't to, know why this has to be about liking someone or not liking somebody. Oh, but I, the, after the whole Twitter thing, come on. And, and after he started saying, you know, the stuff about Republicans and all that stuff. I mean, he, he, he's, look at, okay, not you. Let's not, let's take you out of the equation. Take me out of the equation. Okay, Thank take you. you out of the equation. And just talk about many just, people I, on the other, on the left side of the aisle that hate free speech do not like him now. Right? Can we at least say that the left that used to embrace him, all the people that, there's people he that has, now about, won't buy this. an EV. They want an he, IV. He they're buying a, it from Volkswagen because it was founded by Nazis. They're going to buy, buy it. <laughs> he has a different following. Now, I'm going to take you out of the equation completely. You. You, I, I will grant you that. I'm going to do that. And you can leave me in if you want because I love I do love it. Cheese will be next. Coming up on Squawk Pod, ranking American companies based on their behaviors, how the Just 100 list judges corporate players, where the biggest companies placed this year, and why it all matters when it comes to environmental, social, and governance concerns. Co-founder of Just Capital and investor Paul Tudor Jones. ESG is incorrectly characterized. It should be SGE, 44% 
of our rankings are all centered around worker issues. Number one issue is, are you paying a fair and living wage? Plus, number 20 on this list, T-Mobile. How CEO Mike Sievert is managing inflation for his customers and his employees. We don't see it as a foregone conclusion that a recession is coming, but if one it does, we're ready. What we're seeing today is people are actually buying up our rate card. Our most popular plan is one of our highest end plans because they can't get enough of the product that we sell in this industry. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. Today, we're looking at how American companies perform using a holistic approach that takes into account more than just a stock price. The Just 100 list ranks America's largest publicly traded companies according to how just their behaviors are when it comes to things like worker wellness, diversity, governance, climate impact, and customer privacy. Overall, the list, commissioned by Just Capital, takes into account 250 different data points across 20 issues. Those issues are determined by over 150,000 people from across the country. Just Capital's founding team includes famed investor Paul Tudor Jones, Ariana Huffington, Deepak Chopra, and CEO Martin Whitaker, who, lucky for you, our listeners, jumped on a Zoom with me to talk about the list. Our job is to, first of all, capture on a fully representative basis, how does Main Street America think about companies today? And that's what the issues that we've identified, that's where they come from. We then track how are these companies actually performing? So not not virtue signaling, but what are they actually doing? Now, such a comprehensive approach to evaluating American corporations has generated some pushback, namely an accusation of woke capitalism. Coined in a 2015 New York Times op-ed, the term is a catch-all for many who believe work like this is simply virtue signaling, a tool to boost or tarnish a company's public image. But Whitaker and his team argue the Just 100 is about so much more than just feeling good about your work. You can call those things woke if you want. I I don't think they are. I I think it's how you run a good business today, you know? And when we talk to CEOs and talk to business leaders around America, anyone who's built a business, in fact, you can can see that creating value for your customers, for your workers, um, your suppliers, I mean, that's how you build a good business. And that's why these companies generate better returns for investors. As you'll hear in the interview coming up, companies on the list have outperformed the overall market. 
Today on our TV broadcast, we rolled out the Just 100 list, and we interviewed the chief executive of one company that made the list. CEO of T-Mobile, Mike Sievert, joined famed investor and Just Capital's co-founder, Paul Tudor Jones, on Squawk Box today. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin with the Just 100 list. CEO Mike Sievert, and T-Mobile is ranked number 20 this year, moving up the rankings. It's nice to see you. Uh, this morning. Paul, uh, I'm going to start with you in terms of how you how you see the rankings this year uh, and how they've changed, but perhaps most importantly about outperformance, how we should think about how these rankings uh, relate to stock market performance. Well, the data is, I think, unequivocally clear on that. If you take the top 100 companies, what we call the Just 100 since inception in 2019, the Just 100's outperformed the Russell 1000, their peers, by about 13%. Last year, the Just 100 outperformed the Russell by 3% and outperformed the NASDAQ by 20%. So at least as far as the way we interpret what the American public wants, and that's, that's our mission, is to basically poll the American public every year, find out what they think constitutes uh, just behavior, and then develop a set of metrics transparently and as honestly as we possibly can and measure companies' performance against the desires and wishes of the American public. And it's right. really clear if you do what the vast majority of Americans want, your company is going to be rewarded in its stock performance. It's also, on average, going to, is going to excel in a whole variety of metrics, such as return on equity, such as profit margins, such as paying dividends. The Just 100 paid five times the amount of dividends that the rest of the Russell paid. So I, I think, you know, all the attacks on ESG and, and investment performance, I don't think they're looking at the data. Certainly, they're not looking at the data as as it, it applies to Just Capital and the, and the 1,000 companies that we rank. Mike, do you think about do you think about these lists when you manage? Do you think about, I mean, and do you put this in an ESG bucket? What is this to you? Well, we don't think about the lists. We think about the outcomes. Right. And uh, first of all, Paul, thank you for your important work. Thanks for having us. Um, look, this is an important topic. And I think it's important that um, we recognize that what Just Capital is doing here is asking the American public what's important. And that's what T-Mobile does. That's the core of our business strategy, is to be the best in our space at understanding what people are looking for, loving customers, putting them first, changing the rules of this industry in their favor. That's what the uncarrier is about. So if it's about really understanding people, it's not surprising that we would wind up on a list like this. And of course, today, a big part of the world is wants to know that we're doing well by doing good, uh, you know, that we're growing our business in the right way, that we have our eye on sustainability and that we're leaders right. in DE&I, and that's what we are. Well, what do you make, by the way, and I'll ask Paul the same question, of the pushback on uh, ESG to the, to the degree that, and I don't want to conflate the Just Capital um, list with ESG, but I think a lot of the issues are oftentimes described as being similar. But I would argue over the last six months to a year, there's been a sort of a pushback across the board. I think it's okay to be cynical. I think it's okay to make sure that companies aren't out there do-gooding and wasting shareholder money. But right. what Paul pointed out in his opener, we agree with, which is when you invest your capital in such a way that it comports with what your customers are looking for, well, that's good business. You know, right. that's not about trying to make some list. That's actually about doing work that your customers appreciate and that they will choose you for. Right. And for us, that's the case. 
Hey, Paul, what do you, what do you think of the conflate? I don't know if it's conflation or not of just the idea of ESG and what, what you're, you've been looking at over all these years. Well, I, th I think a lot of it is because ESG is incorrectly characterized, certainly by what the American public tells us. It should be SGE. Um, clearly, when you when when environment comes first, it actually in our rankings comes way down the list. What comes first in our rankings? Forty four percent of our rankings are all centered around worker issues. Number one issue is, are you paying a fair and living wage? That's 21% of the just ranking. And that's up from 9% just a few years ago. So Americans are becoming hyper-focused as they should be on worker treatment and welfare. Who is possibly, who remotely could be against that? Obviously, the more our workers are paid, the happier they are, the more productive they are, the better society is going to be, better products, more, more capital, more money, more resources. It's good for everybody. So you have to be really careful. Uh, I think so much of ESG is politicized because of the fact that the environmental part of that bucket seems to drive or, or they would like to believe right. Uh, that the environmental part of it drives it, when in actuality, the most important thing by a wide margin is how we pay and treat our workforce. But Paul, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, down in Florida, as you very well know, there was a big debate between Governor DeSantis uh, and Disney, uh, no longer run by Bob Chapek, but now run by Bob Iger, over what might have been described as social issues that I would have uh, uh, imagined uh, would have and the question is whether actually that would would end up on your criteria, if you will. But people, you know, at the time, Disney thought that it was trying to uh, work on behalf of its employees. And then there was this sort of a woke, anti-woke back and forth, as you know so very well. Yeah, I'm probably not the right person to ask that question to, because if you ask the American public, um, two thirds of the American public want CEOs to lead with integrity and to be highly ethical. Um, right. I, I don't think, for me personally, I would disagree with the American public. I don't like to see companies involved necessarily in a variety of social issues. I certainly don't like, and most American public agrees, to see companies involved in political campaigns and political contributions. For me personally, and the American public agrees, it's not the purvey of corporations. As far as uh, Governor DeSantis goes, today he's my favorite son because in just about 20 minutes, he's getting ready to announce a very bold initiative, four-year plan to restore the Everglades. So please don't make me say something about my boy today when he's uh, uh, at the top of my list of do-gooders. Um, Mike, Similarly, how do you deal with the political issues that might be described as social issues uh, at your company right now? Well, a company like T-Mobile, we have 110 million customers from every state in the country just about and from every walk of life. So we can't afford to take sides on political issues. What right. we can do is execute against our core values. And you know that's what uh, I think is consistent right. with a lot of the measures on this list. Look at the issue that Paul just talked about, worker pay. You know, we were one of the first companies to come out with a nationwide $20 minimum wage over two years ago. Right. Uh, we've been uh, a consistent, strong payer. Uh, yesterday, I announced 
uh, because of inflation, a one-time $1,000 check to every single one of our workers nationwide, including the people that answer right. the phone or the people that man our stores, which, you know, who many of whom are people right. who this is going to make a big difference for. We also just released a one-time 50% bonus in the stock grants, and stock grants at T-Mobile are for every single employee. Right. So everyone's an owner, and that means when you work with us, you're dealing with somebody who acts like an owner. And this year, right. we put that 50% higher because we know inflation is touching everybody. Where do you stand on political everybody. donations? And I, I ask because you're in a, a, regular, a, a relatively regulated business. We are. And you have to deal with politicians a lot. We do. And our employee pack makes, employee do uh, makes donations politically. But we do it roughly 50-50 across both sides of the aisle. And it's not really about social issues or broader national political issues. It's about making sure that our people have a chance to educate lawmakers on issues right. that affect our industry. Hey, Paul, Mike just uh, mentioned the I word, inflation. Uh, also, wages, which are pushing up inflation. I uh, want to get your thoughts on where the markets are right now and uh, what you think... Uh, Jay Powell, who we're going to be hearing from, I believe, at about 9 o'clock this morning, is making a speech, uh, may or may not uh, say or do, as 23 rolls on here. I, I don't have any great insights into what he's going to say. I think it's a, a, a very difficult situation that he's in. He's obviously trying to land a, a capsule on the moon as, as perfectly as he can in what is um, uh obviously the most challenging economic environment we've had in 40 years. I would say, I would say it's, it's made even more complicated by this warm weather we've got, right? We're going to have uh, really high economic activity in the first quarter when seasonally we don't. Uh, there's a huge amount of savings that consumers have from all the COVID relief bills and the stimulus that was applied, both from a fiscal and monetary standpoint. So he's faced with that very difficult proposition of working that down without breaking things. Uh, and uh, I think it's going to even be more complicated by the fact if I just look at uh, kind of our internal work on flows for the stock market, you've probably got something just under a trillion dollars of excess demand in U.S. stocks. Where is the selling going to come? to offset that. That demand's coming from buybacks from the corporate line right. item, from some combination of buybacks and M&A. And that's, uh, you know, that's a significant amount. Ceteris, paribus, everything being the same, you'd think the stock market would be up 7 or 8% this year. Obviously, the selling, either the stock market will be up 7 or 8%, or Jay Powell, if he can't get inflation under control, will raise rates up to a point that creates enough of an economic contraction to cause retail to offload some of the stocks that they bought in 21, 20 and 21, which is obviously uh, uh, a record. It'll, it'll require something negative to happen to create the stock market to go down meaningfully. He will have to, either inflation would have to be too high or he'd have to over-tighten to create something, some major economic contraction to make the market go down. Absent that, uh, the market's going to stay. The stock market's going to stay strong. Absent that, um, you would think that wages will stay firm. So it's right. it's it's but a difficult. Paul, what I think we're trying to figure out is is the absent that part of it. Is it going to be absent that? Uh, I kind of think that I kind of think that they'll stop short of breaking the economy. Um, 
a lot of it depends on how inflation plays out. Again, we haven't, we, we've only got really one other period in time in the 70s in very different circumstances in some situations and very similar in the others. And, it, and it's, uh, it's, I'd like to give you a better answer. I don't have a crystal ball on this one. Hey, Paul, we, we don't like certain aspects of what the Fed has to do to, to, uh, to get inflation under control, one of which is looking askance at wage gains. It's like, by definition, it's like, oh, no, there's wage gains. So uh, please don't yell at me and say that your daughter hates me or, or anything. But <laughs> let's, let's say that you You're get You're my every, Moriarty. It was my favorite person to talk with. <laughs> let's, say, let's say you set market rates. All the companies you deal with set market rates above where they should be to, to bring in workers because you're good intentions. Once again, you have good intentions. So you exacerbate the entire wage price spiral, which causes the Fed to go much higher than it would have had to go in the first place, uh, which causes a recession, which many more people than you helped with the higher market, um, higher than market wage gains are hurt by the recession, the subsequent recession. Does that ever enter your mind? It it absolutely enters my mind. It's a paradox, isn't it? It's a conundrum. It yeah. ha having said that, I, I do think most of the inflation that we're seeing right now is not because of the fact that the American worker is getting their fair sh share of the pie, right? right? If you think about 50 or 60 years ago, when we had a much more resilient middle class than we do today, profit margins were 6.5%. They're close to 12 today. So it's not so much that American workers are, uh, are, are getting some extraordinary amount of what all our efforts, i.e. corporate revenue, what the entire stakeholders right. are capable of generating. So I think the inflation that we have right now is because, primarily because of extraordinary fiscal stimulus and extraordinary monetary stimulus, not because of the fact that workers are getting a fair share for a change. So uh, th that would be right. the way I'd answer your question. But clearly, right. what I get excited right. about when I see the announcement of uh, Bank of America paying a $22 minimum wage for all their employees on the way to 25, that's a good thing for America, right? That creates more demand by those right. employees and creates you, a bigger pie right. for all of us. Well, let me ask let me ask Mike that question. Are you seeing more demand? And and is this inflation hitting people? I mean, the cost of the phone has gone up. What what are you what are you actually seeing in the store right now? You know, um, it, it's a good time to be in wireless right now. And part of it is that we're in a category that people absolutely want. That makes it very different than the, for example, the 08 recession right. where we weren't all you know using our smartphones. But the is way there we a distinction today. between? I mean, look, we we've, we've heard even from Amazon that people were buying bigger TVs, they've downgraded to, buy, to buying uh, you know, marginally you know, no, smaller TVs. We're side-eyeing the future because, like okay. everyone, we, we're worried about what might be coming. We don't see it as a foregone conclusion that a recession's coming, but if one it does, we're ready. What we're seeing today is people are actually buying up our rate card. Our most popular plan is one of our highest-end right. plans because they can't get enough of the product that we sell in this industry. And that's that, the monthly rate plan. Absolutely. What about the devices? Same. Everybody wants to know about the devices. What's selling and what's not? Same. And you know, the most popular devices are the iconic high-end smartphones from both companies. And so, um, look, our, our category is fortunate that what we're selling is very important to consumers. But also, 
within that category, there very well may be a flight to value. There very well might be a questioning over this next year of whether people have the right setup. And right. we're ready for that, you know, as T-Mobile, which has right. you know, always been positioned to take care of people with variable. Got to ask, because people are always focused on Apple and inventory. And since you're on the other end of it, you know about the inventory. Is it caught up or not? What do you say? Yeah, we're in much better shape now than we were a couple months ago. So that means that you have all the stuff. It's stock. everything you need. Yes. I mean, demand has come down or supplies have come up? Just means that we, we're in stock now. So if you come to our website and you want an iPhone 14 Pro, we got you. Okay, but that's also interesting for investors who, were, who thought maybe there was you know, some, some pickup or, or some catch-up that was going to happen. You're saying the catch-up has happened. Well, what, what I'm saying is we're in stock. Now, there might right. have been a transference of some demand from Q4 into Q1. We'll right. have to wait and see what, what happens when okay. we report the quarter. Mike, thank you for coming in. Uh, Paul, great to see you. Thank you both uh, for bringing us uh, the Just uh, 100 list, and congratulations for being on it. Thanks. Thanks. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. For more on the Just 100, to find out where companies rank or to dive deeper into the data, please head to CNBC.com. That's the pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern and follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. If you've been listening for a while and you like what you hear, I hope you do, let us know. You can rate Squawk Pod or write a brief review on Apple Podcasts. That is an excellent way to help other listeners discover Squawk Pod. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.